We're letting the ponies out of the barn and kicking off another day of Sooner Sports Talk. It's time for the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Polston Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Now, live from the Palace in Piedmont and the Brown O'Haver Studios in Norman, here are Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show. There's the fridge. I saw him out here earlier, and he was just in a T-shirt. You know, he's getting that weight down. I've always noticed when a guy gets his weight down, he starts wearing a lot of T-shirts. You know, you know, when you have your weight up there, you wear a lot of coats and stuff over you. I think his weight's going down. Yeah, I do. I think that 7-2 is getting closer to the middle of his body now. They hand it off. Fake the handoff to McCaskill. Back to passes two. Throws on the crossing pattern. It's caught at the 10. The 5. Touchdown! Houston! Jake Herslow caught it at the 5. Turned up field. And he's in the end zone. And the Cougars take the lead with 3 minutes and 27 seconds to play in the ball game. Smith looked left first. Got plenty of time. And oh, now he's got to step out of it. Rolls to his left, throws to the back of the end zone. Sparkman up high for it. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Stan Ford again in motion. Again, it's a handoff. Thomas lowers his shoulder. He is in. Touchdown, Minnesota Golden Gophers. What I told the players is they are the program. Players throughout these decades, they are OU football. When gripping down the neck of my shirt. Like I ain't got nothing on But I'd rather fight the wind and rain Than what I've been fighting at home Yonder comes a truck with the U.S. mail People writing letters back home Tomorrow she'll probably want me back But I'll still be just as gone is anybody going to San Antonio or Phoenix, yes. Arizona? No, no. Anybody San Antonio. Not Phoenix. Just San Antonio. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, You're Oklahoma. You're saying no alternate bowl game in Arizona that we are find right. out about today. That's what okay. I'm reporting. Okay, good. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm officially reporting. That uh, they may go to they may go to Phoenix, not with me, not wow. with me. <laughs> wow! <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Unless they want me, and then I'll be there. Good morning, Oklahoma. Good morning across these great United States. Good morning to our ships at sea. It is T Row in the morning show. Have we ever got any uh, texts or emails from our ships at sea, TJ? Do we know if they're listening out there? Mm. Pacific, Atlantic. I'm not going to say we haven't, but I don't know that they've specifically told us. Right. I'm sending. We should probably FC. say good morning to them just in case. It yeah. would be rude otherwise. That's true. Good morning out there. It is game day on a Wednesday. T-Row in the morning show time. I am live in the Alamo City. I can see the river walk as we speak. It's a foggy morning so far. I mean, it's dark, but I can... Uh, uh, I can tell that uh, the buildings that I could see when I went to bed, I cannot see right now. A little bit foggy out there. But that's okay. We're playing indoors, TJ, so really nothing to worry about. 
It's going to be a climate-controlled game tonight. We've got OU Oregon coming up this evening, not far from here in the Alamo Dome. First time the historic, tradition-rich Oklahoma Sooners have ever played in the Alamo Bowl. Coming up 8-20 Central Time kickoff tonight. Sooners and Ducks, and we've got lots to talk about over the next three hours. Consider it this. Right now begins your pregame coverage. All right, we've got got 12 hours, okay, of pregame show for you today. Right here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans, starting right now. I'm here, Chris Plank right after me in San Antonio. Uh, Parker Thune's down here, right, TJ? I haven't seen the young man, but uh, he's down here, isn't he? He's uh, supposed to have left yesterday after their show, so he should be there. All right. So 12 to 2, live from San Antonio. Uh, I don't Uh, think Parker will be with us today. I think I'll be in with Steely. I mean, Parker may surprise us. I don't know that we plan on him being here, though. You're ruining my pitch here, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just just trying to be honest with the people. 12 consecutive hours of pregame show. Almost, how about this? Almost all of it live from San Antonio. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Mike will be at Riverwind. Does that count? That's kind of like a party. No. No? Okay. No, that doesn't count. Riverwind. River walk. Okay. No, Two okay. different things. Two different <laughs> things. I do know Ted Lehman is down here. I saw him last night in a, a you're going to be surprised by this, a little bit of a tight T-shirt he was wearing down in the hotel lobby. Uh, he brought me the uh, equipment I need for my show last night. Uh, we were able to decipher that complicated email that you sent to us yesterday to figure out exactly how to get the equipment, where it needed to go. Yeah, how rude are you? Uh, Look, do you know the people I work with and how that wasn't even as detailed as I normally have to get with people around here? <laughs> Trust me, I got what you were sending the, 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 the email back like, we're not children, but I work with a lot of children around here, okay? I've had two tie lines end up in another state when it wasn't supposed to the other day. I have to be detailed with people, certain people. That I wasn't and uh, at all... <laughs> saying anything about being detailed i was legitimately saying we are stupid can you please make us a flow chart i'm trying to find your email here i might have oh, that was it. you get it from him you get it from him you get it from him and then it needs to end up back to toby trash. that's all I, that's all i said let me see if it ended up in my trash i don't remember here it is now uh, this is an email from uh, tj to myself, Teddy, and Chris Plank yesterday on our drive down. Uh, not all the grammar in here is correct, so you probably guys have to not. Forgive it's it. probably not. I was doing that quickly on my phone before I forgot, so it's probably a mess. Uh, hey, hey, listen, folks, this is complicated. It's going to hurt your head this early in the morning, <laughs> but be ready. Now the email reads as follows. With just one tie line down there, the tie line is the equipment we use to broadcast. With just one tie line down there, you guys will have to juggle it for each show. Teddy, is you can get with Toby oh, if. after your that show come tonight. So he has it for in the morning. Then Chris can grab it and then get it to Teddy and finally back to Toby for Thursday morning. And I simply replied and said, could you send us a flow chart in graphic form? <laughs> that was 
pretty explainable. <laughs> it, it is sad I do have to send out emails like that or text to people. That's or, a lot. Uh, that's a lot. To so verbally. Just to clarify, where do I go after this show? Where do I get the equipment to? Uh, uh, Plank. Just give it to Plank, yeah. Chris Plank. You yeah. know, he's right across the hall from me. So That'd that be easy. Be, That'll be easy. That should be uh, easy. Oh, man, we made it, Teej. We made it to uh, the Alamo City yesterday. Uh, picked up Plank at uh, 10 a.m. Got the great privilege of uh, sitting next to him while he did the final two hours of his show. Got him all the way across the Red River before he wrapped up his show. He finished his show in the state of Texas. I was hauling yesterday, man. For me, anyway, I was going faster than normal. Uh, I am normally a guy who will go, I don't know why I picked this number, but uh, if I'm on the open road, if I'm on a trip, eight miles an hour over the speed limit is where I'm comfortable. I feel like I'm not going to get a ticket there, but I am still you know, beating the system by going eight miles an hour over the speed limit. Yesterday, ten miles an hour over the speed limit. With one exception, uh, I know you're probably laughing at me because you are like a 20 mile an hour over the speed limit. No, now. no, no, not that much, no. What is your norm? Well, you don't put it on cruise, so you don't really probably have a norm. But what, what do you shoot for? If the speed limit's 75, so, what are you driving? Similar to you, uh, about 83, 84, so eight, eight nine okay. miles. Yeah. So we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. So uh, there's this myth out there over the, the 10 miles over they won't mess with you, which is not true, but I think most of us believe it. So, we all go with well, that, eight or nine miles. <laughs> they didn't mess with me yesterday, fortunately. I got down here. Now, there is a stretch. One of the, there, there's, you know, state of Texas is uh, armpit of America. No offense, Texas. But uh, I was stuck, we were stuck in traffic in Waco for a long time. It's just it's terrible construction through Waco. It's awful. But the you know my love affair with the express lane in Fort Worth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beat this, just made a great time there. There is also this. If you ever come down this way, TJ, I know you've never been to San Antonio. If you can, Austin is another place that is just a parking lot. All right, you cannot any time of day go through Austin, Texas without sitting in traffic. It's horrible. It's awful. They've got the double decker highway. Doesn't matter which one you pick, you're just, it's just, and then, then you look around and you got nothing but burnt orange for as far as the eye can see. You get all itchy, you feel like you need a shower. It's just awful. But there is a bypass that goes around Austin called Highway 130. And it is one of the great gifts to mankind. It goes around Austin. It goes around Round Rock. It goes around San Marcos. It connects down by San Antonio. Nobody knows this highway exists. We're on it all by ourselves yesterday. I mean, it's just, I felt like maybe I was on a closed movie set or something because nobody is on this highway but me. It's a toll road, okay? And on that toll road, the speed limit is 85 (laughs) miles an hour. Wow. I've never seen, oh, I haven't seen an 85-mile-per-hour speed limit sign before. It's shocking. And I I broke from my, even though I was still trying to get down here in time for the Stoops interview, 
I broke my 10 miles an hour over because I got to 90 and I was like, I'm a little nervous right now. Like, I don't know, like not 95. I don't know. Can my car go 95? Am I okay to drive it? 95 miles an hour. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to, I settled in at 90 and I still felt like I was in a, you know, in some sort of a NASCAR race. I was going 90 with no worry whatsoever about getting pulled over. Have you ever been on an 85 mile an hour road? Not that I remember. I don't think I ever have. Um, uh, No, I don't believe so. That's I mean, amazing. It's, it's probably that's amazing. It's probably fifty, sixty miles. You go f- somewhere between forty and sixty miles that you go on this turnpike, and it is just glorious. And so we we only stopped once at a Loves, and then Chris and I left the other guys in our dust because they wanted to stop at Bucky's, and I was like, man, I can't. I I just knew we were going to run into some traffic to make us late. Six fifteen was our interview time. And our little map said we were supposed to get here at 5.30. And I was like, all right, that gives us enough buffer that if anything goes wrong, we should still be there in time. But i got to keep going. we got to keep going. So we're going. We're, we're cooking it down here. We get through the Waco traffic. We go around Austin. we got 90 miles an hour going. We come into San Antonio. We are 10 miles from the hotel, TJ. And I get a phone call from uh, the great Julie Watson, who is the uh, – um, well, let me back up. Let me back up a second. Earlier in the up. day, earlier in the day, it's like uh, noon. Julie Watson calls. Julie is the football coach's administrative assistant. She was for Bob Stoops. She was for Lincoln Riley. She will be for Brent Venables. Right now, she is serving for Bob Stoops. You know, you ever met, met or dealt with Julie at all? I spoke to her many a times, but I don't know that we've ever Wonderful met. Wonderful person. Yes, Wonderful. very pleasant. Her husband, Chris, is a, a trainer for the football team. Uh, great people. And Julie calls, and uh, I said, yeah. And she goes, uh, "Is there, would, would you like to do the interview at 3 o'clock instead of 6.15 today? And I said, oh, Julie, I, I'm on the way. I can't get there by 3. I'm, we're going to be coming in hot right at 6 o'clock. Is, is, uh, do I need to get Chad McKee? He's already down there. He could do the interview or something. She goes, oh, no, 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 no. We could leave it at 6.15. Coach Stoops is here, and he was just wondering if it would be more convenient for you to go ahead and get the interview is, out of the way earlier in the day so that you could enjoy dinner uh, tonight with your family. He didn't want to you know, interrupt your dinner. And it's exactly what I, I said. Thank you. We wow. hung up the phone. I looked at Chris Plank and I said, unbelievable, remarkable metamorphosis of a human being that has taken place in Bob Stoops. <laughs> Pleasant phone the calls be- and dancing in huddles. What's going on? The day before the game, he's reaching out to make sure that we do the interview at a time that is most convenient for me. So we leave the interview at 6.15. We are 10 miles out from San Antonio. And my phone rings, and it's the great Julie Watson again. And she says, uh, did you see the UCLA game was canceled? And I said, yes. And she said, well, Coach Stoops was going to have a Zoom call at 6. He was going to be on the Fox pregame show, I think, for oh, okay. uh, right for that game, because it was on Fox last night. Mm-hmm. Now that UCLA and NC State aren't playing, they've canceled that whole show, so he doesn't. they've canceled his 
Zoom interview. And he was wondering if we could do the interview tomorrow morning uh, so he can go to dinner with his family. And I was like, absolutely. That's no problem at all. And she goes, are you sure? He's standing right here. He says, I'll wait for you if you want to do the interview tonight. <laughs> I was like, no, tell Coach to go to dinner. We'll do it tomorrow morning. So we, we made it all the way down just racing the clock, and we were 10 miles out, and it moved to uh, 11 a.m. this morning. So anyway. Hey, hey but we you made, made good time. You made good time. We did. We made it. We got here down, down here last night. Uh, the guys dropped all the equipment off at the stadium. Uh, you are going to be disappointed in me. What time is it? Well, I'll tell you on the other side of the break. Uh, you, there, I, you are going to be disappointed in me. I'll see. That's my tease. Huh? I'll let you know why when we come back. We got a packed show too. Uh, I want to hear from you folks today. Phone calls, text messages. How you feeling about tonight? Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. You can text the show. Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one three four three nine. We will lay out the roadmap for a game day, a rare game day T-Row on the morning show when we come back. The T-Row in the morning show. You have chosen wisely. T-Row and TJ on the home of Sooner fans. Not when the speed limit's 85, you get run over. Welcome back, everybody. Life Can you imagine if, like, the people from the uh, horse and buggy era came back, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mother would be very upset. <laughs> hey, we also passed the new uh, Tesla plant in uh, Austin. Oh, yeah? They're building it right now. That The biggest building I've ever seen in my life. I swear the building is two miles long. It's unbelievable how <laughs> Elon, big the building is. Elon Musk, he does nothing small. I mean, it's incredible. It's like all glass, and it's two miles long. It's incredible. Go ahead. Uh, let's see here. Early on on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, uh, this person lists off all the things that I have, but then says, uh, but you, you are the voice of the Sooners. The voice of the Sooners should never have to drive seven hours into enemy territory for a game. You deserve unlimited use of the private jet. Maybe you can demand a jet during your next contract negotiation before we start SEC play. It's from Dwayne and Norman. There is going to need... Uh, now, one, you know I don't mind driving. Uh, we we were offered uh, seats on a, a plane that's coming down today and going back, but not for the whole crew, and um, it wasn't going to get here in time to feel good about getting set up as early as we need to get set up. So we decided to drive down. You know I don't mind driving. I love a good road trip, especially with uh, the gang. So uh, that's never been a problem for me, uh, the whole driving, flying thing. I, I don't mind flying. But it's nice to have wheels when you get down here, and uh, a road trip with the fellas is has always been enjoyable for me. That being said, when we go to the SEC, we're going to have I mean, I've been telling the guys this. We're going to have to figure something out here because 
<laughs> We've got like like three destinations that are drivable in the conference. Arkansas, the Texas game, and Texas A&M. And that's really it. I mean, you know, I suppose you could drive to Baton Rouge or whatever, but that's a long haul, and everybody everywhere else is as long or longer than that. So we are going to have to uh, get a uh, sponsorship with uh, Wheels Up or just outright have uh, Joe Castiglione purchase a jet for the radio crew. Well, there's there's 200 of you on the radio crew. You need your own jet, so, jeez. Or, and my <laughs> recommendation has been, and so far I've gotten very little support for this, but I want a uh, radio, Suda Radio RV. Much like uh, the Madden Cruiser, where we just roll from one site to the next throughout football season. And as a crew, we just roll everywhere in the RV. We get it all wrapped so it looks all fancy and everything. And uh, and we just party at whatever school we're uh, we're playing at that yeah, week yeah. in the Sooner Radio party RV. On. Party on, car. Mm-hmm. So far, not a lot of support for that. Well, you mentioned him, uh, John Madden, passing away uh, yesterday at the age of uh, 85. To which I'm going to have to admit, I sat there for a second and I looked at Katie and I go, I thought John Madden already passed away. So then I was sad all over again because I've lost him twice now. But a uh, legendary guy, uh, incredible broadcaster. I know that more so than uh, coach with my age, even though I know what a Hall of Fame great coach he was. But um, he was the voice of you know the majority of games and big games that I watched growing up, and obviously the video games. So, uh, legendary guy. Did we? Was it yesterday? Did, were we talking about that documentary, Madden? Yeah, you brought, you brought up that you had watched it, uh, either yesterday yeah. or the it was day all before. Christmas yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I tweeted last night, and it's, I don't know a better way to say it. A rare. Uh, the rarest of the rare, really in any industry, but just specifically to broadcasting, wholly unique. There has never been one like him before or after. Never. You don't ever say, you, you have never heard anyone say, that guy reminds me of Madden. But, and how many no people one, have you no heard call a game? No, 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 never been one close, no. Nobody does it like him. Nobody does it. It's not that nobody does it as good as him. That's true. But nobody has ever done it before or after in the same style or like John Madden did it, which is unbelievable. And he is one of a handful of broadcasters ever that would make me stop and watch a game I couldn't care less about just because he's calling it. Because I want to hear what he has to say. Uh, you know, I would watch a, a, a game Gus Johnson is calling just to hear Gus. I don't care who's calling it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care what the game is. I love listening to Gus Johnson call a game. Uh, in his prime, not so much now, no disrespect, but in in his heyday, I felt the same way about Dick Vitale. I would listen. I would watch a game if Dick Vitale was calling it, just to hear the, all the 
Dick Vitalisms and everything. John Madden, the uh, I, I, I we kind of very we got the very end of the Howard Cosell era, TJ. But Howard Cosell was like that for a lot of people, whether it was boxing or football or what he was doing. Just to hear Howard Cosell call something was a treat. Uh, John Madden, one of a handful that you would just stop. You know, I don't care a rip about the Jets and Jaguars, but John Madden's calling this game, so I'm going to watch it just to see what John Madden does, you know. So, yep, the uh, legend, true legend. He, uh, Anything else? No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, you're, you're correct, and I don't know that we'll ever have anybody in our lifetime that measures up to him, at least in no, that role. No chance. Just no chance, no chance. yeah. Um, coming up next, we're going to, if you didn't hear, in the final hour of our show yesterday, we talked to the Oregon color analyst, Mike Jorgensen. Some good discussion about the Sooners' opponent tonight. We're going to play that for you next segment. Later in the show, three predictions for tonight's game. TJ's gut. Steely's uncle stopping by in a little over an hour. His thoughts on the Alamo Bowl tonight. Uh, we will also have uh, the scene setter for tonight's Alamo Bowl later in the show as well. So, big show coming up. We are live in San Antonio. Oregon color analyst Mike Jorgensen next. T-Row and TJ, they cold. This is the T-Row in the Morning Show. telling you folks i'm not just saying this i listen to a lot of broadcasts around the country it's one of my favorite things to do when i travel you guys know how much i drive i love turning on satellite radio and listening to games other crews coast to coast uh you will not find a better one than the oregon football broadcast uh they are outstanding a hall of famer on play-by-play a hall of famer on color as well and it is our pleasure to be joined again by um, Mike Jorgensen, color analyst of the Ducks. Georgie, how you doing today? Did hey, you make it? Hey, thanks. thanks, man. Yeah, finally got here. Yeah, it was it was interesting trying to get. You know, we don't get much snow in Eugene. It does, that doesn't happen very often. So to get eight inches on Christmas night into the next day, and you know, Eugene Airport, they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to plow. They don't have plows in Eugene, so it was kind of funny how it all worked out. But yeah, I got here late last night, and time to get a football game going. Are we okay to play? I'm seeing some of these numbers for the Ducks. It's a little uh, concerning. Get low. Gonna... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's starting to approach NFL roster numbers, you know, type of situation with injuries and, and opt-outs and, uh, you know, transfer portal guys. And, you know, you start looking at that and you start getting low on numbers. And, yeah, that was one of the things we were talking about last night when we were grabbing kind of a late late bite to eat is, okay, where, where's the number and where's the cutoff and what happens to trigger it type of situation. But, you know, I know uh, I know Jerry and Joey, our sideline guy, are headed out to practice this morning to, you know, take a look and, and see what it says. But, yeah, it, it's getting down there. It's getting to the point where, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? So. Well, I, I mean, I need you to let me know because I'm about to leave here in 40 minutes to head south. So I need you <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> save me. Well, I got your number. Some... I got your number. Yeah, I okay. can text you right away if something happens. So that sounds that sounds good. Um, tell me about Brian McClendon. 
Yeah, Brian McClendon, you know, a longtime SEC guy, uh, you know, kind of, uh, frankly, a a Georgia guy for a long, long time. Obviously, ended up, I believe it was at South Carolina, if my memory serves me right, and, uh, you know, out in Eugene for a year as the wide receivers coach. And, uh, you know, he's been an interim head coach before in situations he's been in or a situation that he's been in in the past uh, in the SEC. And so, He's a guy who I think the players, the general feeling was, um, you know, he, he he's a guy that the players offensively, defensively rally around, really look up to. He really connects to him well. And, uh, you know, so he's the guy who's going to lead the way as the interim head coach for this game. And, you know, he's kept people, uh, he kept the, the, the team on, on focus and on point uh, while they've been in Eugene practicing and preparing for the Oklahoma Sooners and, this Alamo Bowl, and and that's why he's in that position. Good man. I mean, really, really enjoy him. Uh, I know Jerry has had, had a chance, our play-by-play guy, Jerry Allen, uh, as you mentioned, his 35th year uh, doing this, and he just really, really enjoys Brian McClendon, and he can see why the, why the team would rally around him and why they would appoint him as the interim head coach for this game. It's been a fascinating month in Norman. Uh, you know, the, the fan base kind of feels like they got dumped by uh, – by Lincoln Riley, and there's been anger. Uh, there is um, there is rejoicing over Brent Venables being named the coach, but this is something we haven't been through around here in a while. It's been a very weird lead-up to this game. Bob Stoops storyline, all that kind of stuff. If there's anybody that can relate, I would say I would think it would be you guys. I mean, what what's the last month been like for Oregon football, and, and maybe even a better question is for Oregon football fans. Yeah, I mean, I think you just kind of said it right there, and, and we can relate. Um, I, I wouldn't say that you have a, uh, in, in any way, shape, or form, have a bitter fan base with Mario going back to Miami. I mean, he's going back to a place that probably was, you know, of course, Willie Taggart said the same thing right before him, too, going to Florida State uh, after being in Oregon for one year, saying it's the only place I'd ever want to be, and ever could be and and obviously Mar- uh, obviously he played you know crystal ball played at Miami so he's going back to his alma mater and trying to get that thing uh, playing at a little better h- higher notch than they've been playing at type of situation so he got his golden opportunity and uh, I think the Eugene fan you you know the Eugene base the Oregon base wherever they are really liked Mario and obviously the coaching staff he put together so it was tough to see it happen I think that what left people with a bad taste in their mouth is is how it kind of wound down towards the Pac-12 championship game in the last couple of weeks, and particularly that last game where you know, Joe, Joe Moorhead was already out the door, hit a Dakron, and, and uh, it felt like maybe Mario had one, you know, a lot of people felt like maybe he already had one foot out the door, so it was a distraction for that game. Make no doubt about it, Utah beat Oregon soundly twice. They were the better team on the field in almost every way in both of those games, and that's why they're Pac-12 champions. Uh, but at the same time, it was one of those ones where it was just kind of disappointing the way it wound down at the end. And, uh, you know, along comes Dan Lanning. And uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity for a guy who um, people are excited about as he begins to assemble the coaching staff to try to out-recruit Lincoln Riley at USC now. I mean, that's what it's kind of become is those two schools seem to be the best recruiters and get the best talent in the Pac-12 conference year after year, and Oregon has done something with it. USC hasn't, so uh, it's obviously something that Lincoln Riley is going to try to change there down in Southern California, and 
Dan Lanning's beginning to put together a staff that's going to rival it, and those two are going to go at it again. So it's interesting how it all played out. A lot of similarities, no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for Oklahoma getting Brett Venables. I mean, what a, what a fantastic guy and a great coach and uh, with a track record and everything else goes out on with it. I can see why Sooner fans would be pretty excited. You know, Dan Lanning's a name that was in the mix around here. Uh, certain, I don't know if it was in Joe Castiglione's mix or not, but certainly the fan base was, was talking about him as a potential candidate when when this job was open. Um, sounds like you like the hire. Are you surprised they went defense there at all? Uh, not really. No, no. I, I, mm-hmm. I think maybe what it came down to, and again, this is just people, uh, including me, looking at it and going, okay, Lincoln Riley's offense feels like all about offense. You better come in with something that's going to be halfway. Uh, is going to is going to look like a, a an SEC type of defense to try to defend that, and then build up around the offense too. If you can get the right guys, get some pretty good talent, get some good coaches. I mean, again, he's a young, energetic guy. You know, he won the press conference right off the bat. Um, obviously, I know he's got a job to do in Georgia as they get into the playoffs here coming up, and hoping to be able to play two games and. You know, the, the, the no contact period comes up from a recruiting standpoint. Everything else goes with it. So the timing might work out right, but you know, he's doing double time right now. Uh, he's working his tail off. I think he's got a bright future. It's going to start Eugene as a head coach and, and obviously, you know, not there, but at the same time, yeah, he's a guy as I began to get to know him a little bit better and you start to do your research on him, Toby. I mean, he is a guy that's really well respect, respected for what he's done at the age of 35 in particular. So, you know, we'll see where it goes from here, but I think there's a lot of enthusiasm. There's no doubt about it. Chatting for a couple of more minutes with Mike Jorgensen, color analyst for the Oregon Duck uh, Radio Network. Tell me the story of the season for Oregon. Obviously got that big win over Ohio State early in the year in Columbus, a marquee, the biggest win maybe of the college football season. But from that point on, kind of what happened with with this team and with the season? You know, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that was the marquee win of the season right there. And, you know, they started out 4-0. They, they had a couple of games after that Stony Brook game that they just kind of showed up and, and won 48-7 to uh, with Arizona. You know, they struggled with Arizona, who was winless until they beat, you know, a depleted Cal team about three-quarters of the way through the season. They had lost, I can't remember what it was, 18 or 19 games in a row up to that point. They struggled with Arizona for three quarters. Ended up winning 41-19, but I think it was a 24-19 game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and, and so a very, very close game before Oregon broke it open. Bennett Williams with a pick six, and that was his last game of the regular season as he would break his leg the next week. He's going to be available for the bowl game. It'll be, you know, interesting to see how rusty he is. But And then that, get that loss at Stanford, it was just uh, – Kind of a weird weekend. They did not play well at all. I mean, looked ugly against a bad team. Joe Moorhead was in the hospital with a, a really, you know, serious condition. And uh, again, that the lucky, lucky there weren't worse uh, consequences to to what happened there. And then Bennett Williams in a walkthrough on Friday, one of the safety that was just playing tremendous breaks his leg in a walkthrough. So you have a bunch of things happen, and they get beat by a really bad team, and that one kind of put them backwards, but. They squeaked by Cal. They had a good road victory against UCLA and what it looked like they were going to just run away from it. They let it back into it. Um, you know, they just were up and down, I guess, to summarize the season. You know, they got just absolutely blasted by Utah in Salt Lake City. And then it was almost like a deja vu in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game where the game played out exactly the same. 
Utah seized control early. Oregon did some things at the end of the first half that were really just I, – I, I can't explain it, frankly, and there's not enough time to be able to do it. But it was one of those ones where they kind of played to the level of their competition. You know, beat Oregon State in the rivalry game pretty soundly. That's an Oregon State game, that uh, Oregon State team that beat Utah. And so it just was tough to tell. But I'll tell you, it's a Pac-12 conference that really Utah is clearly the best team between the North and the South. I can't say it was the strongest league this season from top to bottom. And Oregon kind of played that way. But at the same time, at the end of the day, just win. You know, you, you, I know you've seen games like that during the season, whether it's with a Tulsa or whether it's with somebody else or a, a UAB, where you just go, you know, get to the next week and get to the next week. And that's kind of what Oregon did this year. And uh, they're hoping to be able to get it back together in this bowl game. Travis dies, the guy that jumps off the page for you offensively. What has made him so good for you this season? Uh, he's just a steady Freddie workhorse. You know, he's not going to wow you, Toby, with any type of speed uh, to run away from you. He's not a big guy. Uh, he just is one of those blue-collar dudes that shows up, and he'll run it 15, 20 times a game. He'll break tackles when he shouldn't break tackles. He'll make little moves that you just have not seen very often. Uh, and then he'll catch you know, five, six, seven balls out of the backfield. And he just is a steady, freddy workhorse, knows what he's doing, really dependable. I know Anthony Brown loves to go to him. He's Oregon's leading receiver uh, from a catch standpoint. And, and so he's a guy who's going to catch the ball a lot. But this offense is not built on big plays. It's built on grind you, get good first down yardage to set up second and four, second and five maybe at the most get the third and one and then just start all over again with three more downs and be able to bleed you to death type of situation. They're not a big play offense, and they've lost the big play capability, it feels like, with uh, Devin Williams opting out for the NFL and some of the other receivers being out with injuries and that type of deal. So it's going to really fall on an offensive line that's a blue-collar group, uh, a blue-collar running back back there, Anthony Brown, kind of a blue-collar guy at quarterback, and that's what they do. They just kind of do it, and they go about it, and before you know it, they've scored you know, 28, 31, 34 points and have played pretty good defense, and it's just what they do. But Travis Dye, uh, just one of those workhorse type of guys that I think a lot of people in that conference really respect. Great Back stuff. live here. That was uh, Mike Jorgensen yesterday, color analyst for the Oregon Ducks. We're late for a timeout. We'll get one in now. You want to get your thoughts in today, you can call the show 405-329-9000. Text the show, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Game day in San Antonio, Alamo Bowl. Coming up tonight, we'll be back. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. San TJ back with you. T-Row in the morning show on the ref. Toby live from San Antonio. Probably disturbing everyone in his hotel as loud as he's been at 6 in the morning this morning. So yeah. I apologize to all those people. This is uh, normal. Um, Just uh, that's part of the risk you take when you book well, the true. same hotel as me. 
you That's might true. get the room next to mine. So, but what a treat! I mean, there honestly, might be a listener be that's like sitting in studio with you. So, yeah. when I first woke them up at six o'clock, they probably cursed, and then they said to themselves, "Wow, when will I ever get this opportunity again to be right <laughs> next door to a live T Row in the morning?" That's show. true. So that is true. Yeah. What a thrill! Uh, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Good morning, gentlemen. Feeling really well about duck hunting tonight. OU 38 uniform scheme. Huh? OU 38 dash uniform scheme. Hmm. Safe travels home. Happy New Year. Oh, then he follows that up. OU 38 uniform scheme 17. And it just left off the mm. score in his original okay. text. So 38 17. <coughs> picking the Sooners. Right. Who's that? Uh, didn't sign it. Jeremy from Harlingen, Texas, though. Uh, Harlingen, Texas. Uh, I'm so excited for some middle-of-the-week Sooner football. I'm fired up to see how well the Sooners are going to play. Boomer. I think that's the sentiment, man. I mean, uh, there are tons of Sooner fans here. Tons. I never got to what I was you disappointed. We did not get out on the Riverwalk last night. Uh... I got here, and Teddy was warning me, dude, don't go outside. It's a zoo. Well, I, well I, the crew, we wanted to go eat. We're starving. Three uh, people I could s- be a zoo to Teddy Lehman. You need to yeah, judge well, it for that's yourself. What I, I, that, that did not <laughs> dissuade me. But then I saw Gabe Eichert, and Gabe was like, dude, if you okay. try to go on All the right. Riverwalk right now, you're not getting a table for three hours minimum. And I was like, well, Gabe Eichert is a man of the people. Yeah, that's going to say, yeah, he is. He loves a party, so we didn't try it. He goes, what I would do is try lunch tomorrow. He's been down here for a couple of days. He goes, I'd try lunch tomorrow. I think you can get your enchiladas. I would eat at the hotel because if you go out there, you may not get back before midnight, and and we were starving. So we ate at the hotel and did not get out on the river walk last night. So it, that all that, say, all that to say, there are a ton of OU fans here, and there is a genuine excitement for this game. Which, for an Alamo Bowl in a disappointing season, according to preseason expectations, is saying something. Bob's got them fired up, man. He's got them ready to go. They're fired up about Bob. They're fired up about Brent. Uh, Yeah. We have been taken on a roller coaster ride emotionally and physically the last month. And Sooner fans are very much excited to see a football game tonight. So I don't know if Oregon feels the same way. That's the big question going into this game for me. Uh, as they say, TJ, what is the give a rip? I want to talk about that when we come back. I've got a question or two for you when we come All back. Right. Coming up, we got TJ's gut in the third hour today. Three predictions next hour. Uh, Bob Stoops with one of the all-time great quotes before a bowl game yesterday. We'll hear that. Steely's uncle live next hour. We're in San Antonio. Back after this. Here and 